Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the episode of Entertainment. I was going to say Entertainment. Entertainment podcast for episode 25, our uh, quarter episode. George Washington, big boy. Uh, and today we got we got one interesting topic for you, just one. Um, but first off, I'm your boy, Chris. I'm here with my brother, Eric. What's up? What's up? George Washington episode. Got to represent. Got to represent. Just like we did with Jordan and Kobe. I guess we're going back in time even farther to some George. Heck yeah. We never tell a lie. Is that, um, a, is that a George Washington thing? I think it is. Like he Didn't he chop down the cherry tree? And they, and they said something like, did you chop that down? And he was like, I never tell a lie. Oh, damn. That's slick. I know there was Honest Dave. All these presidents were so... They never lying back in the day. Now that's all the politics yeah. do. I won't lie to you. I almost said four score and seven years ago, but oh yeah, that's Abraham Lincoln. I know that one. That's the get it. Yeah, well... yeah. It almost it almost slipped out, and then I was like, mm, yeah, let me just. Uh, so anyway, that's, uh... some slick stuff to say, man. Like I wish I could do something that cool and be like, hey, did you do this? Nah, I never tell a lie. <laughs> Like, Can you imagine that? Yeah, imagine a, a little kid saying that to you. I like, I don't know. I never tell a lie, but like, oh, like you're a weird little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Was he a little kid when he chopped on the trajectory? I'm pretty sure. If I remember, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was older. I, I just remember that story because that's like one of the ones besides him having wooden teeth that, like, I don't know, like he chopped this cherry tree down and they were like, yo, what are you doing? And he was like, it was me. I never tell a lie. And I just thought that was real. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So today on today's podcast, we're going to talk about uh, the show Them. We were going to do this uh, last week, but we only watched like the first two episodes. And things were busy, as things tend to get. But uh, we finished the whole series, um, and we're coming here with our our thoughts, uh, kind of a rundown on some of the themes and just what we thought of the show in general. And uh, yeah, I mean. It, it's it was a it was a very interesting show, a very interesting experience. How'd you feel? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you know before we kind of dive too deep into it, for those maybe who are listening that don't know what the show is or haven't really like seen the show, or and I guess you should say full spoilers ahead for the whole season of the you know whole first season of the show. We're gonna be getting into it. So if you haven't watched the the show and you plan on watching it, I pause the podcast, watch the entire thing, and then come right back to the podcast. You'd be fine. Um, and then, uh, or if you like, we've said this before, if you don't care, then you know, just kind of listen along and, and you know, kind of get our feelings. And then, if it sounds like it's something for you, check it out. It's a, it's a one season right now. I think it's supposed to be an anthology series, so every season is supposed to be something different, you know, new characters, new events, or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, it's on Amazon Prime. So, if you have Amazon Prime, uh, whole first season's on there, uh, 10 episodes. Um, and, you know, the premise is it kind of takes place uh, during the 1950s and it focuses on a black family that moves from North Carolina to Compton um, in the 1950s. Well, the suburbs of Compton, not the way Compton yeah, is now, but before. Yeah. You know, e- when East was, Compton back in the day. Yeah, where it was like, you know, predominantly white neighborhoods and, you know, Jim Crow and things were still kind of just ending. Um, and... You know, the white folk wasn't too happy about the black folk moving through. And then you kind of see what, <laughs> what it's like for this black family to not only be dealing with personal traumas uh, that they dealt with, but then also trying to, uh, you know, kind of live their lives and in this white community during the 1950s. So 
Um, yeah. Before so. before we start, I wanted to ask, uh, what were your what were your initial impressions of the uh, of the show? Like, I think I I think I'd sent you the trailer back when it came out or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll tell you mine. My first impression was just I was like, oh, this looks like a kind of like a Jordan Peele ripoff from like the name them from his movie Us to like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe that's a weird thing to say because it's just predominantly because it was a black family and horror themed type deal. But that's what yeah. I, how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a hundred percent you can you can you know throw out those similarities and 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 you know the I think there's definitely some. Uh, some inspiration there from from Jordan Peele and Get Out and us and you know Jordan Peele is really the only person right now that's kind of creating quote unquote black horror films where there's it's focusing on a black family or black protagonist mm-hmm. or or whatever it may be um, and there's a predominantly black cast and so it's easy anytime you see somebody else have a predominantly black cast to sit there and be like oh it's it's a Jordan Peele ripoff. Yeah. The only. Let's put it that way. Yeah. When you first sent me the trailer, I, I thought it looked really good. I honestly, because I, I knew it was an anthology series, I thought every episode was going to be different. Okay. But apparently, it's like every season. I've said before on the podcast, I really like anthology series because I think it, <clears throat> in anthology series, it, it prevents things from kind of overstaying its welcome. I think too many shows nowadays yeah. get dragged on and it's like the first couple seasons are always good, but then it starts just like over the years, like new writers kind of take over and you, the, the shows just, just get weird. And, and all of a sudden it's like, they're just like not good anymore. I think one show that kind of Dexter, um, I think that show started yeah, off really yeah. strong. And then, and then, you know, after seasons like four <clears> or five, <throat> it just started getting like repetitive and just kind of like weird and, yeah, well, you know, you know, we're gonna have to finish that because they're doing the the new seasons this summer. Oh, this summer. We, we actually, I heard they come back with it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this summer. Uh, so we we watched Dexter back in college uh, together. We got to maybe the fourth or fifth season, and then we just kind of stopped because it was like you said, it was getting kind of stale. I thought we got to like the we were kinda, last season. I think we just didn't watch the last season. Yeah. Okay, we got pretty far in, and then people were saying that the last season was pretty bad, and we just didn't really have the energy to go on. Yeah. So we'll have to see, because I think we watched it. I, I think we switched between both of our Netflix accounts, so we have to see which one has like the episodes that were watched. But uh, yeah, uh, so with them, I forgot to say, the, the whole week I've been saying that, I, I keep remembering that it had like a, a subtitle to it. So I looked mm. it up, and it's actually uh, Them Covenant, which, which Covenant. makes sense. Yeah, like it was, yeah. I guess the first season's called Covenant, which makes sense. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was bothering me all week. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you kept saying that to me because I was like, you know, since I was like, I I had asked you, since the show is called Them, I go and it's an anthology series. Was it Them colon something, or was it just this season going to be called Them, and then I don't know, next season be called they i don't know they're just gonna have a bunch of like pronouns i don't know <laughs> yeah like how, how american horror stories always like hotel and circus and sure um <clears throat> but yeah uh so i guess 
you know, and you, you know, you're kind of hosting this week, but I don't know if you just want to kind of get started with the, with the beginning and how the show kind of kicks off. Yeah, let's jump into it. Uh, the show kicks off with a, uh, you see the mother, uh, Lucky, I forget her own name. Uh, um, she, she is, uh, taking care of her son, give, feeding him and everything. And she's just kind of at home looking normal. And then a very creepy old white lady appears on the property and she goes outside to see her. Cause the dog ran out and this, she's just like, what are you doing here? And the lady starts singing some weird song and saying all these weird things like, Oh, is that your son in there? And, you know, just getting real. Like if you've seen anything before where it's like some, some obviously racist person appears, you know, what's going to happen next. And, you know, it doesn't seem good. And, from there, it kind of like flashes forward to her and her family moving to this East Compton neighborhood where, you know, they're kind of driving the car and you see all the white people staring them down as they're moving into the neighborhood. And they introduce a character like the <clears throat> the racist white lady across the street who's always obsessed with them. And you kind of see them just moving into the house and buying the house and everything. And uh, God, I was going to say. Before we even kind of get into like you know, I I just wanted to ask were you, when you first see the 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 initial opening scene, right? And and it's Lucky and um, she's kind of home alone with their son. I think his name is Chester. Um, yeah, and he he's he's a baby, right? And yeah, that creepy lady comes and she's like, "Yeah, well, is that your baby?" And she's like, "Yeah." And <laughs> And like, you know, like, you know, like you said, she's just like this creepy lady that just came out of nowhere, and it's like obviously Lucky's uncomfortable because she's home alone. Her, um, uh, you learn that uh, her husband, their two older daughters, daughters, and they kind of went out. Um, and I think the white lady even says like, "Oh, was we that we so saw them leave." Yeah, she's like, "We watched them, like the man and the two girls leave or whatever." Um, which is kind of creepy because it says they've been like you know watching the house. Um, yeah. My question, I guess, is, I were you confused like because it kind of just it it doesn't finish that scene. It kind of leaves you like wondering like what happens next, and you learn later in a, in a later episode kind of how everything goes down. Um, Hell yes, I was confused. I I had no idea. I I thought that she was. I didn't know. I didn't know the story took place during the fifties. So. Mm-hmm when it kind of jumped, I was like, Oh, like, was that just her hallucinating a different alternate life or something? Like, I was like, mm-hmm. is this going to, I thought it was going to flash between her life and that time period versus this. And then I realized, Oh, like that's actually like a few years ago. Mm. Not so even, like, not even actually. Yeah. I think it was really, actually really recent. See, my biggest question at first was, and again, you, I didn't, I didn't know, know if that was like, a flashback i didn't know if that was like a like kind of showing you like what's going to happen later and mm-hmm. like then it kind of jumps back because it doesn't really well it just kind of comes to present time yeah what what makes it even more confusing is uh in the second episode you see it from her husband's perspective uh and he's uh henry he's kind of like it shows him on the farm with a beard and everything. And he looks much like he has PTSD from being in the war, mm-hmm. but he looks a lot more unhinged than he is in the present day scenario. 
So like I was still confused, like, is this a flashback or is this an alternate timeline where they're like, you know, they're they're treated worse or something? Because in in the first few episodes, like it doesn't make it very clear and you just see it from her perspective where something obviously traumatic is about to happen. And then from him, it just seems like it didn't line up with his character. Like he, cause he seemed so put together in the first few episodes and mm-hmm. then they showed that. And I was like, well, this doesn't seem like this guy at all. Like, what is this? Is this like an alternate future or something? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a, that's an interesting point of view. Cause I didn't even ever think of it that way, but I could definitely see how you would, you know, view everything that way. Because like you said, they seemed the way they seem in, I guess you could say the, the actual or present day stuff does seem very different than the way they behave or act in the, you know, what you were calling the alternate reality stuff. And yeah. again, it makes it seem like, um, there was a much bigger gap of time between what I think there was. Um, and, uh, I think there might've been like, maybe like a few months, I'd say, like, I don't think they just left immediately, but I think there might've been like a few months and I'll tell you, uh, we'll talk about, I guess, why later. Um, we know it's not immediately because of kind of what you find out with her son. Um, yeah, but, yeah, you know, just kind of jumping into the her husband, you learned that, like you mentioned, the he was in the war, um, World War Two, And, you know, obviously people who were, everybody was kind of like drafted during that war. So like, regardless if you were white or black, like if you were 18 and, 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 you know, you could be drafted. And you learn that he has PTSD from things that not, the enemy soldiers did but the domestic soldiers and the way that they treated um black um you know the white soldiers how the way they treated black soldiers and they would test um basically like chemical agents on black soldiers and i guess he they would they tested like mustard gas on them and Mm -hmm. he basically, I guess he said that it smelled, it had like a sweet smell. So anytime like he, there'd be food and it'd be like sweet and they, it, there was like pie or whatever, it would trigger his PTSD because it would trigger that memory of like the mustard gas being used on them. Yeah. So, you know, which is pretty wild. And, you know, we'll, you know, with this show having a big, huge focus on racism, I mean, that's, you know, yeah, one that... of the things we kind of talk about when, when we kind of get to that aspect. Yeah, I mean that's that's the first thing I really wanted to talk about because that's the <clears throat> that's like the primary focus of the show, and uh, I think it's one thing that I, at first I thought I felt crazy because I was <clears throat> where it was really uncomfortable, and I know that's what they were going for, but I was kind of like this is almost like black trauma porn, and I, I realized that like. After after I finished the show, I looked it up and a lot of people kind of felt the same way. They didn't really like certain aspects of the show with that because it felt almost too much. Mm-hmm. Like it was I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was like exploitative, but there was a point where it was. You know, like I felt like they, they kind of didn't cross the line, but they just did too much. And it was. I don't know. I mean, they, it started off really well, like the first few episodes were I think they were tastefully done and then it kind of just really took a turn. 
Yeah, yes. it's, you know, I think, well, you know, I have two things that are really, when it comes to, you know, to racism and stuff and in and, and films and, and things. And I think the first thing that I want to say is I, but the horror aspect that's kind of being used when it comes to, to black horror, let's, you know, we'll just kind of quote it as black, black horror, you know, get out us, them, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I do like the aspect there. There, there are these films where there aren't necessarily a evil monster, but it's more of like a psychological trauma that these black um, characters are dealing with, based off of fears that everyday black people have in America or in life, right? Based off of racism or or whatever it may be, right? You're taking that that stigma of something and and you're putting a, a hard twist on it. And yeah. I think that's, you know, I, I think that's an interesting thing. But then on the flip side, you know, it's it can seem kind of like overused when it's like, you know, is does every black thing have to have, you know, a huge focus on racism, even though it is a unfortunately a, a huge part of, of our country's history. Right. And. It's especially, especially at that time. Yeah, and it's hard because you know us sitting here and watching it in in twenty twenty one, it it can seem overused. Like you're like, oh, they're being racist again. Like it's like, are we doing this again? But it's like that was life, right? They were racist. Like they didn't like black people. So yeah, you know the from our perspective and us watching, it's like, oh, like every single person is going to say a racist thing to them. Like every time they interact with somebody, it's going to be a racist thing. But well, I I didn't. I'll go ahead. I didn't. I didn't find it annoying in that sense. I, I didn't find it annoying because I knew it was realistic, but I just felt like I was like, damn, there's a, there's a point where I was like, that, what, how, how far, how much do you have to show? I guess at a point, especially when you're trying, you know, the main goal of the show is to be entertaining. Like I, I, I know that there's probably like a point where they're trying to make a point and it's like, this is, I guess the perfect time to do that kind of stuff when people are more aware of racial issues, but Mm-hmm. There's a point where I was like, how how much can you really do? Like, I, I think I think Get Out was probably one of the first big bigger ones recently that did it pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think us really touched much, but yeah, only racism was really a thing in us. Yeah, but for for this show, I felt like it was like almost a barrage. Like senses each episode where you're like, you know, there's going to be some racist stuff, but then every time you think think it's going to chill, it kind of tops itself. Yeah, so do you want to kind of make this, but you want to discuss some of the the you know the racisms that were kind of evident in throughout the you know the season? Okay, yeah, yeah. It, it starts off like you have the uh, the neighbors kind of just staring at them. Then they escalate to like sitting on their yard, like all the women who are you know stay at home moms and everything, stay at home women come out and they like kind of sit out lawn lawn chairs and like blast this really racist music outside the house while they stare at them. <clears throat> and then you have like the girls when they go to school, oh, the older girl, when she goes to school, she obviously doesn't fit in and people are like start making monkey noises at her every time she tries to talk. And uh, I think the second episode had me cracking up. I think I said this one, the, there's a little white boy who's like peeing on their sheets and they're out to dry. And lucky the mother finds him and she chases him with a stick down the street. And of course, like all they see is like this black woman. And this is after she had something had happened in the, in, 
something paranormal had happened to her daughter. So she ran outside with the gun and was waving it around, telling everyone to stay away from their house. So they were like, oh, all we see is a black woman with a gun and she's crazy. Mm-hmm. So when she chases, she chases it with a stick, they're not going to believe her. And um, Henry kind of faces people at his job, treating him like, oh, he should be in the mail room or, you know, nobody really wants to treat him with respect, even though he has a college education yeah, <clears throat> and he's, he's an engineer. Yeah, I'll say he's an he's an engineer, so like he's a a very credible, smart individual. But yeah, yeah, he's even, you know, I think one of the, you know, one of the original telling scenes when he goes to his job for the first time, right? And and there's the secretary on the phone. Yeah, and he says to her like, "Oh, like basically just implies that he needs like directions towards his, you know, supervisor's office." And like it's, she doesn't even like the lady doesn't even let him finish, and he's just talking. She was like, "Oh yeah, like the, the, you know, yeah, the, cafeteria." I think she said, "Yeah, it's like the cafeteria is that way or something like that." Like he should be working in the cafeteria or custodial or something like that. <clears throat> and she's just on the phone and kind of blowing him off. And then he's like, tries to say it again. She's like, "I told you, it's like over there." And she's like, "I don't have time for you." <laughs> like she literally was like, "Yeah, yeah. I've got time to listen to what you have to say." Um, yeah, like another black guy comes up and he's like, "I'll I'll take you there. I'm going that way." And she's like, "I don't have time for this." And she like motions at him real rude. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo." Um. And okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say from there, kind of. I think these are the basic things that some of them there won't be as extreme, but I feel like some of them still kind of do happen today. Like if you're a minority and you move to a different neighborhood, they're like a nice more you know suburban white neighborhood people are going to kind of look at you funny you see it in videos all the time people who are like getting harassed and they're like i live here um so i mean, well, it, I mean that's not very far-fetched yeah and i mean it, it's there was just and i don't know if 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 you saw this did you see the just recently the video of the like the black i don't know probably like early 20s and he was walking through the, the like a neighborhood and like oh, the navy like, guy yelling at him yeah, he had like the Navy guy yelling at him. Basically, was like, "What are you?" They're all like, "What are you doing here?" Like, get out of here! He's like, "I'm just walking," and they're like, "Nah, like, what are you doing here?" He's like, "He's," and then he's like, "I live here." He's like, "They're like, where do you live?" He's like, "I'm not telling you where I live." And they're yeah. like, "Oh, like, why don't you go back to like you don't belong over here?" And like he he's literally not doing anything. Like he's literally like, yeah. and he shoves him. Yeah, and it's like this. Obviously, like he's a really like tiny like black guy. Like, he's, and then you have like this. This like Popeye looking like big baby like, <laughs> like military guy like in his face like threatening him and is like they're like oh get out of here like you don't like you know you don't live here you don't belong here we're a tight knit community and like we look out for each other and he's literally like not doing anything he's like literally just walking and he's like yeah. I'm not here like he's like I'm just walking like I'm not doing anything but like yeah, it so- goes to show like even like today in 2021 like you can just because you're black there's still a lot of places in this country where if you're walking through a neighborhood and you're black, you're going to be looked at funny. You're going to be, you know, judged, um, you know, just me and you, when we, yeah. you know, being in, you know, when we went to college and where we went to college, it's kind of like a very small town. Like, I guess you call it like a town. And like, yeah. it's like a majority is going to be, it's more like, you know, it's suburban ish. So like, majority of people are going to be white and like literally like we're 
like not like super light like we're not <laughs> like yeah you know we have black in us but we're like very like light skin and like if we were walking down a sidewalk like we've had many times where like a white lady would like be walking and she would cross the street yeah and it's like we literally like went to the college there like we weren't and doing we anything we weren't screaming we weren't doing anything we weren't acting crazy like we were just walking and one one time i remember we went to this party and this guy we walked and our, one of our friends was in there, and she'd invited her. this guy. Said, "Oh, we have enough of your kind in here." Mm-hmm. And I remember that was a, that almost uh, I had to hold my dude back over here because <laughs> that was that was a rough one. I mean, I was mad too, but I was like, I don't want to be this. I was like, man, this is this really pisses me off, and I'm not trying to be that statistic in the newspaper. But I was like, man, that's the type. Of, we had to like take a walk for that one. That was and and, and like we said, we're. I think that'd be an interesting thing that, to look into too, like to do. Uh, we're both we're we're mixed we're black but we're we're mixed so we're lighter skinned you know and i think that'd be interesting because i know day a big thing was there are people who were who were black full black and they could pass for white so they mm-hmm. called that passing and that they did like a, a show or a movie based off that which i, I think there might be a few like uh, there probably is i know there's a book called passing but that'd be an interesting perspective so every, everyone here who's black is like black black like they're dark in you know pure black and mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's, it's a very stark contrast to all the like it was it was interesting how they kind of did it with the show it's very visual um so you could see you know like their neighbors are very white like even the the, the main racist woman across the street she's very blonde pale mm-hmm. um and you know compared to the to the mom lucky who you know she's very dark she's you know full lip she's got she's got long straight hair but I think at one point they mentioned that, like, oh, is that your real hair or something? I don't The shit mm. was fine as hell. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think another thing, too, is this was the first show in a while that, I mean, it's probably done a lot in movies, but they were really liberal with the hard R, the N-word. Yeah, they, I, I mean, I feel like they said it probably like a handful of times. They said like four or five. Um, towards the end they said it a little bit more but in the beginning like I think specifically the white people when they said it it was like are you really enjoying this acting gig or <laughs> you know like at <laughs> least uh, said it a little too too spicy yeah I mean it's yeah I think you know and obviously you know that's thrown out a couple times and again you know that's you know I mean I playing you know and it's still used so much today like i in high school playing you know playing soccer we had a, a kid on our team who's um from liberia and obviously he's you know going to be darker skinned and we were going we were playing against a school that was very rural um mm-hmm. and the one kid fouls are like like the black in our team and then he looks at him and just screams like the hard r like adam while he's mm-hmm. on the floor like top of his lungs and everyone just looks at the ref and the ref is like, mm, I guess he is. I'm like, all right, thanks ref. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like if you use the hard R N word at this point in time, you, it's such a, like, I don't want to say the P word. It's such a little punk insult. And I feel like once you say it, you got to be ready to fight. Like it's at this time period, this point in time, like, it's not like, Oh no, you, you say that word now. Like it's, it's scrapping time. But, uh, yeah. And I, you know, you know, stick, you know, with this whole, you know, topic of, of just racism and stuff, it, it, 
one of the things that intrigues me the most about watching, you know, different forms of media and with that talk about racism, whether it be documentaries or, or actual, you know, entertainment forms of media like like this show, it's it's a little disheartening, you know, how how similar things still, uh, you know, how similar thing a lot of things still are. And is yeah. it, is it hidden more or is it like just not, people don't do it as openly, of course, but it's still, you know, the amount of racism that still, you know, thrives today in society in America in 2021 is, is yeah. outrageous because like we said, you know, some of the, like, again, they were, this black family that was in a white neighborhood and everyone sat there and was staring at them was outside their house and was, you know, saying all these things like you don't belong here. Well, a week ago, we have the exact same thing happening to a black guy who's just walking through a neighborhood and everyone's there's literally like in this video, like a bunch of white people standing around, like <laughs> watching what's Man. going on and he's being confronted and they're like, you don't belong here. And he's like, I'm literally just walking. It's and crazy. Cause like, on his case. It's it's crazy when you think about it because the, I think this took place in 1953 and I'm thinking about it and I'm like damn you know like my grandparents were alive then they were my dad was born in six uh, 69 so it's like you looking at that and seeing all the stuff today like I, I remember as a kid you know you don't really understand too much about racism but I do remember moments where like my dad's dad would be sitting there at the table talking about like oh this white guy did this to me today and I'm you know I'm sick of this white person and all that and you know, it was just kind of a fury because it was still prevalent and, you know, he had to deal with it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And grow, growing up, I kind of began to understand more how he felt, um, you know, much less so because I'm not, like you said, we're sometimes I feel like I don't deal with certain things as bad, it, obviously not as bad, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it, it is crazy. It's very insane to watch this and see parallels to literally a week ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just, mm-hmm. It's nuts. I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the other things that were happening in the show. Um, they hung uh, a bunch of like black dolls um, mm-hmm. outside their house, like around their porch. They hung dolls. They burned um, uh, into their yard. It said, "And hard R word, uh, heaven." Yeah, uh, because I guess the they like because we were confused. Like, what what does that even mean? Um, like, why would you write that? But Later in the show, somebody said, like, a N hard R word heaven is a white man's hell. So, yeah, that term, right? And, uh, because I, I read a bunch of books in February and I remember reading that term in one of them, uh, seeing the stuff. I, I guess it's different reading about it and kind of visualizing rather than seeing it, even if it's like, you know, obviously dramatized. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they did that. What else did they, um, you had, you had the big, uh, Henry at his job. He had like a big party event where they, they were trying to downplay it. Like, Oh, we don't all go like, you don't have to show up. And then he shows up anyway, because he works there. And they're like, Oh, like the one guy who's his boss, who's kind of a jerk to him is like, Oh, I didn't tell my boss that I hired a colored person. And he kind of goes up to him at to the main head honcho anyway. And he introduces, it seemingly yeah. goes well. And, like, but, you know, obviously they're still he kind of looked at him like, who's this black guy talking to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think kind of from there, it goes a little off the rails with the. Uh, I think they I think after that, they kind of have the flashback episode where it shows what happens with that old racist lady in Chester and Lucky where, you know, she 
she runs inside because she sees that the old lady, there's three white guys coming. And, you know, obviously that's not good. She locks all the doors and, you know, she's trying to hide her son and hide herself. And they break in and uh, they they rape her and take the son and bag. And I, I guess I, I don't I didn't look too much into the, the whole cat in the bag thing, but I feel like that's a thing they probably did back then where they put little black kids, babies in bags and probably shook them around and beat them with. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they did that and basically kind of killed killed Chester. And, you know, that's their big traumatic traumatic event where, you know, Lucky's really because it, it's implied that something really, really messed her up. Like she's the one that has the most trauma. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, once you see, it was a hard episode to watch. Like we talked about it a little bit yesterday, <clears throat> and, and this is the one where I kind of felt like it was a little, it was a little bit much for my taste. I don't know if I'm going soft or what, but I just, I really don't like when TV shows like, and it's weird saying it as a man. I don't know. Um, I just don't I mean, like when they show. Like rape. A, it's an it's an uncomfortable thing, you know, to sit there and first off, know yeah. that it it. Uh, you know, unfortunately, happens to begin with. But you know, mm. watching anybody, whether it be you know, in you know, through rape or whatever it is, you know, watching anybody defenseless and obviously having to endure something that they can't control, mm-hmm. uh, I think is 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 always hard to watch, um, especially when it's happening and you have a white lady swinging around a bag with a baby inside. Kind of bag, um, yeah. eyes, um, and then they just, they just leave. You know, there's no mm-hmm. real. It which which was the most confusing thing to me because it, it was like, what was what was the motive here? You know, yeah, like just they didn't to, just to be... take the baby. They didn't steal. I mean, did they just was it just to kill the baby? Was it to just t- torture her? Like, what was the you know the yeah. the game plan here? But then again, I don't know. I feel like, you know, just because they were black, this happened a lot. You know, white people just didn't like black people and they would just go around and mess with them or kill them or beat them or kill their babies. Like it was that was a thing, you know. You you know what also really bothered me? I, I didn't think about this until uh after we talked about it yesterday and watching more of the show, finishing it today. Mm-hmm. Um the choice of music for that scene was really like it was really out of line. I felt like, I don't know, like it was a really rough scene to watch. And they had this like amusing, like happy music playing in the background. Like it was like a fun part of the show, like, like a montage of her going out with their kids or something, but it was like them killing her baby and then her getting raped. And they had like this music that was kind of like something that you'd seen like a Quentin Tarantino movie, like happy or something, you know, like, (laughs) and they did it. They did it once or twice more where I was like this music, like you don't have to have super sad, crazy music, but, there was a few moments in the show where they did what I think they did really well were like, um, there was just silence. Like I, I think, uh, when she goes to visit the one lady who I guess killed her family and mm-hmm. cut off her, or her husband had his legs cut off. Like there's a point where she runs from that house and it's completely silent. And I feel like that would have been much better in that type of scene where like, I get going for it, but it just, the music just made it really feel kind of like somebody was like, this is a good choice. It was like nah, dude. <laughs> like somebody's like, it's like, all right, put this one on, put this on the track. It's like, yeah, I was right. like, who, 
Yeah, I was like, who edited this? Like, who thought this was a good idea to have this serious, crazy, like, graphic scene and have this music in the background? Mm-hmm. And then again, I mean, does that, you know, the the obviously the obvious intention is for it to be hard to watch and hard to endure, right? Does yeah. having a contradicting, uh, you know musical tone going along with you know having a positive or an upbeat you know song playing during such a a traumatic and and disturbing thing does that you know help add more tension and just just unease to the scene because like you said it doesn't fit right you think you know the way our minds are wired is you know when something's happier upbeat it should go with something happier upbeat you know, you think yeah. that that was something bad is happening. There's got to be that that music, that sullen music that goes along with it to fit the tone. So like, like it's like it's well, jarring almost. You know, I, I think it works with certain things. Um, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking Reservoir Dogs. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, I've not seen it in full. I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never seen it from beginning to end. Okay, well, there's a scene where uh, there's a cop, he's tied up to a chair, and one of the guys has him all alone in the warehouse, and he's about to torture him. And they're playing this song, and it's like just a super random, like, cheery song, and this guy's, like, singing before he cuts this guy's ear off. And it was an uncomfortable scene, but it wasn't, maybe it's because it wasn't a rape? I don't, I don't know, like, I've seen plenty of movies that do, like, a super violent scene where it's like a shootout or something, and they kind of have, like, a song that you wouldn't expect playing and i think it's done a little well because it's almost entertaining there because everybody's used to like the macho guy ultra violence type thing in america and movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i think playing playing that type of stuff during like a rape and a baby murder was a bit much like i, I don't know there's yeah. got to be a line i guess yeah um yeah it's definitely a it's definitely a a the hardest scene you know in the in the show to to endure uh, it was a rough scene because um, not only is it, it is it rough because of the circumstance, but it's just, you know, not only is, is, is she being, a, you know, a victim of rape, but, you know, the baby's being murdered at the same time. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, so that that's, you know, that's kind of where her trauma, um, like we had mentioned, they all kind of have some sort of trauma and that's where her trauma kind of stems from losing that baby. Um, and the kids and Henry, her husband, imply multiple times that she's basically became like uh, a little crazy, like afterwards, like her mental state was just not there. Like, I don't know if she became like schizophrenic mm-hmm. um, or what, but they imply multiple times because her youngest daughter, um, uh, who's is she in the what, kindergarten, um, because uh, yeah, I think she's in kindergarten, yeah, um. Because she starts kindergarten. That's yeah. Um, she asked her like multiple <clears throat> times, like, "Are you like, you know, are you crazy? Like, are you like, are you like, are you crazy again?" Or like, she would say like, imply things like, and she'd be like, "No, mama's fine." You know, mom. She's like, "I'm not." You know, everything's fine. Um. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do. I think, do we want to talk about kind of the what each because each of them kind of had a um 
I don't I don't want to I don't know how to word it like I don't want to say like a supernatural thing that involved them but kind of like a trauma induced um I don't know how how would you word it like they all saw something that wasn't really there based off of their you know mental yeah. state Yeah uh but before we do that I just I we got to mention the tap dancing dude the black face guy cuz he was a yeah. uh, towards the end he was the biggest I guess that's that kind of fits in with that, but did um, we mention him on the on the podcast, or did we talk about him before? I think we I think we might have mentioned him briefly, but um, yeah, just how he was he was a representation of like uh, Henry's, I guess shucking and jiving for the man, trying to be, you know, and work for the man and everything, and for the white man, and it just he he was interesting. It he kind of like I uh, became kind of crazy, but. I just thought it was interesting to have such a weird demonic blackface character, but I, that does fit in with the, with the trauma and, and uh, their, mm. yeah, it's hard. It is hard to word with they, their supernatural kind of like mindsets, I guess that they each have their own thing that is bothering them. Yeah. So each of them kind of have this, this, they see things, right? They see a person or, or something that nobody else can see. And it's all kind of stems from some kind of trauma that they've endured or something that they need. So, like you said, the Henry has that tap dancing man who's kind of in blackface and 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 focuses on um yeah he's always every time he talks to him like he kind of like is like oh like he's always like kind of mocking him and making him want to like stand up to the white man yeah stop you like that or you're gonna let him do that to you you're gonna just let him like you know. And he's always kind of like, you know, you're always going to be that, like you said, just shucking and driving for the white man. Like, you're just letting him run all over you, like always. It's like, you're supposed to be, you know, one of them now. Like, you're, uh, you know, you're an engineer. You're equal. Like, you should be there with them. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, um, the oldest daughter, Ruby, um, hers kind of stems like she creates you she's talking like for a while she's talking to this white girl at her school and nobody like none of the kids are friends with her because she's like the only black girl at the school so i was like i don't know if they named her ruby as like a ruby bridges thing like i don't know if that's supposed to be like a connection um Mm -hmm. but so uh hers hers was the best one because i didn't see it coming yeah i I think okay yeah, I was just gonna say that because all of them were kind of like not obvious, but there was like slightly weird thing about it. But hers had one that was like, I think the best handled because it it tied back to racism, where she's you know she met this little white girl and they're friends, and she keeps telling her like, oh, you're so pretty for a colored girl, and you know she's like, don't you want to be like me? And there's the scene where she you know heavily implies that she's ashamed of being black and dealing with all the issues that comes from her being black and dealing with her mom and family and she paints herself white with white paint uh-huh. yeah it's it's what was interesting to me is that she didn't say i don't want to be black she said i don't want to be ugly yeah yeah um, which was, was interesting big... to me that they didn't that you know when they wrote it they didn't choose for her because it's obviously she it's obvious that she meant she meant that she doesn't want to be black anymore mm-hmm. um but it was interesting to me that they chose for her to say i don't want to be ugly anymore rather than I don't want to be black anymore that 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 was was a yeah that was very telling when I when I heard that because it was like you know 
I that that was such a good way to put it. Like I, I don't know, like it really tied in with hers was the best i think trauma and like supernatural type of thing that kind of tied together i think in my opinion yeah yeah so you end up you know figuring out after a while like she's talking to this, this white girl that, that she's been hanging out with at school is the only one that talks to her and then eventually you learn that it's it's she's imaginary she's not real because she's in like a like a custodial closet talking to her and like a custodian walks in and he's like, what are you doing? Like in this closet. And she just, <laughs> and like, it shows it from like the custodian's point of view. And she's in there by herself. And that's when you see for the first time, they're like, oh, this girl's not real. Like, she, it's all in her mind. She's created this imaginary, you know, white friend so that she can feel like she kind of fits in with somebody at school. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting again going back to the she doesn't want to feel ugly the depictions and caricatures and, and propaganda and all those things you know black people are always you know depicted as being these you know monstrous or like you know muscular or or like they compared them to like apes and so they call them apes a couple times in the in the show like yeah they're always depicted with like you know big red lips or like you know big noses or big like they always look like they make them look ugly right so mm-hmm. you know that's you know one thing that i kind of thought of when she said i don't want to be ugly anymore is that because in white people were always depicted as beautiful and pretty and nice hair and and you know fair skin um so I mean, you can, uh, it's interesting too, because you can even store it now and you can find some of those dolls that depict, you know, black people like that. Cause I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe as recently as like 2017 or 18, I went to an antique store one time and I saw that and I was like, wow, like, people still sell these. Well, not like mass market, but yeah. Um, so yeah, from, from her, we have, uh, what's the, I forget the little girl, Gracie Jean the youngest girl who's in kindergarten her uh her kind of demon is is miss vera this teacher who you know she has a book that looks real old and kind of like she's had it for a while and it just teaches her all the stuff and she relays the uh the cat in the bag chant that the people were chanting while they killed her little brother Uh and kind of kind of also makes her turn against her mother and make her mom you know she makes her think that her mom is crazy um, I think hers was interesting too, and I think they didn't use her her enough. Yeah, but, um, I I did like her character a lot. I think she, yeah, I wish she was in the in the show a lot more. Yeah, I, um, I th- I think probably maybe they thought it was too similar to other things. Like you have like the nun, the tall, lanky, scary white woman. I feel mm-hmm. like that's similar to a lot of things that popped up nowadays. But I thought With it was the conjuring good. and stuff. And yeah, um. Yeah, it was an interesting aspect of having her turn against her mom and you know it messed with her a lot in the beginning and just had her like all all crazy and scared um whereas lucky the mother's trauma is just you know obviously the rape and the murder of her kids and then the idea that she's going crazy and you know she even dreams about killing her other children um at some point because of the stuff that messes with her head um yeah 
Yeah, so at some, at at a certain point, Lucky gets word that there's another um, black family that lives, you know, in East Compton, and she goes and and visits her. And what was do you remember what her name was? Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, okay. You got cut off at right when you said, do you remember? Okay. Um, do you remember what that, uh, the other black ladies, the one that, you know, ended up going crazy and stuff, do you remember what her name was? I don't, only because, like, she was in, like, maybe it was Norma? I think it was Norma. Something like that. Maybe, because I know she, the her cousin or, like, friend or whatever was, like, Hazel. Um, but... Um, so anyway, she lucky gets wind and hears of this this other black family that lived in Compton, and they were like, it's always implied that, and even a guy that um, one of the custodians, the black custodian at uh, Henry's job, is like, "Ooh, you're like living in East Compton, like black family out there, like they drove him crazy, um, like basically, yeah. like, if you're black and you go to, and you live in Compton, you're going to go insane." And so she she kind of visits this 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 black woman who who lives in East Compton and and uh you know we find out that she's yeah she's insane and you find out that she's basically killed her kids and i i guess sedated and cut off the legs of her husband yeah it was really weird uh cuz it i don't know at first at first, you're just kind of like, what's going on? She seems real weird, and she's talking about the man in the black hat and all this stuff. And, yeah, she really plays into Lucky's fear of, like, just her going crazy against her family or not being able to, you know, losing everyone else when she lost her son already. Mm. And, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that part, that, I thought that part was interesting, too, because that was the one where I was mentioning earlier where she kind of, like, she runs into the kitchen and sees you know all this blood and stuff implying that the woman like chopped up her kids and put them in the oven and then she like runs out and it's all silent and like the guy in the wheelchair reaches for her and like I, it was it was really well done i feel like mm-hmm. visually so um yeah. okay. no you're good i was gonna say well you end up we end up learning in the in the penultimate episode kind of why you know, these Compton, you know, these black, these black families that moved to Compton end up kind of, you know, losing their sanity and start going insane. And mm-hmm. I mean, now, obviously, the, the constant, you know, pressure of, you know, all, you know, the communities being racist doesn't help. But um, the penultimate episode, episode nine is, is, is basically a, a um, I don't know what you want to what you want to call it. kind of like a an old, um, story yeah. of the area, and um, before Compton was Compton, it was kind of I think it was did it say when the years were was it? Uh, I think it was it was brief. I think I missed it. Uh, I'm not sure if it specified like 1700s or 1800s or what. 
So it's taking place during uh, when a lot of um, people are moving out west um, to like California. And mm. there's this community there that is basically like a religious community. And kind of the leader is this man who claims he can speak to God or God speaks to him. Um, so there's this black couple that kind of um, is trying to make their way to California and their wagon um, kind of breaks down and they're welcomed into the community um, by this, you know, this reverend or this pastor. And while they're there, um, you know, they're basically like, oh, we're going to, you know, basically treat you as guests and stuff. And, and the black guy's like, well, you know, we don't want just charity. Like, we're more to stay here we're more than happy to you know help out in the community or do everything that anything that we can to help like we don't want to just be sitting around doing nothing while you're giving us everything mm-hmm. so when he says that there's an argument kind of trying to dig up this well to find drinking water and the black guy kind of tests the soil and is like well i can guarantee like if you dig a couple more feet you'll find water and all the people are kind of like looking at him like he's crazy because they're like, how, you know, we've been doing this all day and we haven't found a single drop of water. And then this black guy comes out of nowhere. And he's like, oh, I'll dig it for you. And he digs a couple feet and he finds water. So yeah. then they start claiming that the black couple knows like black magic and basically insinuating that they're evil and that they have ties to like the devil and stuff. Um, yeah. So, what was, okay. I was just gonna say, what was interesting about this episode or having that community is that they were like aware of the racism that was occurring in the world because they were like, okay, we're secluded from all that, but there's a reason why their kind is also like treated this way. And then, you know, they start off real nice and they're kind of uncomfortable, but they're nice. But as soon as, like, I thought it was ironic, I was like, as soon as they help them get the water, they suddenly turned against them. Um. Yeah, just like it's, it's it's crazy. Like you, you see how like even the like I think there's like a scene like it's real short where like there's a group of like of the women and they're like I think they're like talking about like the 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 black female because she's uh she's pregnant. I think she's, yeah she's pregnant yeah. And yeah, she was. They're, they're mentioning things like, "Oh, like how do they even give birth?" and like things like basically insinuating that they're like not like people. Yeah, um, so does it get up? Does it get up and walk away or something like that? Does it? Does it look like a little baby horse or something? Yeah, yeah, something weird. Um, and so <clears throat> basically, it all comes down to um, this pastor. He was basically losing faith before these couple arrived because he had just lost a son himself. Um, his son had just died and he ends up finding this boy who's kind of huddled in these like in this like brush or like in these kind of like I don't know like under this tree or something and he takes this boy in and this boy kind of has like a huge influence on on this this you know faith and this um, you end up kind of finding out near the end that this I'm pretty sure this little boy is basically like the devil 
who's kind of yeah. come to, um, you know, take over this this community, um, this religious community that's that's losing their faith in God, um, and it's taken, you know, um, yeah, I don't know how to how to kind of word it, but um, he has a lot of influence on how the pastor views this black couple, and they end up like the black couple tries to leave because they're like, you know, they're, we don't need to be here anymore. Like things are getting weird. Um, and they try to take their horse that they had and leave, but then they claim that they were stealing the horse and they were calling them thieves. Um, even yeah. though it's technically their horse. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. It like, <clears throat> cause what did they do before that? Yeah. They, they, the re- there was a reason they locked him in the stable. I can't remember what it was. Was it because of the black magic thing? Um, I think so. Yeah, so they locked him in the stable, and that's when they tried to get their horse. And uh, they end up going back to the townspeople, and they're kind of like being tried by the guy, and you know he's cursing them and saying all that stuff, and they end up getting blinded. Like he, they take a hot poker and. Uh, he po- pokes both their eyes with a hot poker so they can't see, which is really disturbing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, she kind of, after that, they have him in the town hall and the, the black pregnant black woman kind of yells out like, oh, you, the lie curse you and something like that. And when she says that, like his Bible lights on fire mm-hmm. and they all freak out and they grab the rope and start hanging them. And when they hang them, they're like their bodies on fire. And then it like leads to everything else lighting on fire and killing everyone in the village, except for the main pastor who like runs away. And that's when you, you talk to the kid and finds out that he's the devil. And I like the line that he said specifically, like he comes out at first and he's like, who are you? Or something like that. And he's like, I'm the one that I'm the one that talks to you when he doesn't listen or something like that, or when he's failed you. Mm. And I was like, oh, that was super creepy. Like it just felt weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so through this, you basically learn that um, this pastor makes a deal um, with the devil to basically curse the land for anybody who's basically not white. So, like, if you're if you're black, you're destined to basically, you know, be tormented with with you're basically going to go insane, like through these visions and things. Um, and then it kind of, you know kind of trans uh, dissolves into or like changes over into like modern day and it kind of shows you that oh like this east compton land is basically the exact land of where all this kind of took place so that's why these black families to move here um continue to go insane because the land's been Mm. um which i don't know i mean again like um, well how, how do you how did you feel about like that kind of like I, I thought this was easy. I thought this was easily the weakest part of the show. Um, everything like it's a good show. Everything about the show was pretty decent, minus the, in my opinion, the supernatural stuff. Like having Mm -hmm. the people have their own ghosts that they have was really good, but they took it a little bit too far at points. And then just having that whole men black man and black hat reveal, it just felt really like cop outish and just kind of. It it was just I don't know. It was really weak in my opinion. Um, 
Yeah, I, I would agree. Like I, I was saying this to you, all, you know, off the podcast. Like, I definitely think the strongest aspects of of the show was when it was dealing with their psyches and mm-hmm. and and kind of dealing with the trauma and the 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 mental state that they're in. But anytime it kind of got into like the like you type aspects of it, 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 the show just started seeming like weird. Um, yeah, I think unfortunately, like I feel like that seems to happen to a, like in a lot of horror. Whereas like once like, uh, and that's maybe just a me personal thing, like personally thing. Like I just kind of prefer like the realistic horror rather than like the things just start getting weird. Um, yeah. Because I don't know if they're just being weird for the fact of being weird, or I don't know if it's like this medical metaphorical, like weirdness that is just over my head. Like sometimes it could be, Sometimes, like a lot of times, I just it's feel like it's weird for the sake of being weird. Um, yeah, that's that's something I definitely agree with because I'm I'm not really a big horror fan. So like most times, you know, I don't think it's bad. I enjoy horror things, but I typically don't watch them. It's not my choice. Uh-huh. Um, I probably I probably would have watched this show anyway. But um, yeah, I, I don't like when things kind of like I, I think that's the problem with this season is. It didn't feel sloppy, but a lot of it kind of like you couldn't tell sometimes what was real and what wasn't. You couldn't tell sometimes what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for the most part, you kind of got the gist of it. Like it, it did have a a decent-ish ending, but it kind of felt like it kind of had, for me, it kind of like wore out its welcome by then. I don't know. Like I, Another thing that I kind of hate with shows like these in particular, like ever since Get Out, is that everyone has to have that like close up shot of people just staring in the camera and being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's getting a little stale and hard. Like I, and all in this show in particular, there's so many moments of that where like somebody, something will happen and somebody kind of like stares at the camera and it's all real slow or like they're walking somewhere real slow and staring. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, like, let's just get to it. Like it, this is like five minutes of this person just staring at the thing. All <laughs> he's, he's get to it. <laughs> you stared long yeah. enough. Yeah, like uh, I don't know. I um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. Like I feel like the first, the first half of of the season, the first four or five episodes, I think were were more grounded in reality. And then I think in the second half, they really doubled down on the the insanity aspect and just the the supernatural elements of things. Mm. Um, so I thought the the first half of the of the season was stronger than the second half. I don't know if you would agree with that. I definitely agree with that, yeah. Because um, it has you up until maybe the episode the episode or two after the rapes episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that happens like episode five or six. Yeah, so like after that it's like it's still decent, but it's not as strong. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I still think it's a I, overall, I, I, really, I really did like the show. I think, yeah, I think it just starts slipping towards the end. Um, so well, we haven't even talked about this, this yet, you know, even on or at, off. So one of the strangest things that was just kind of out of left field, which I, I thought was kind of an interesting aspect, um, Betty, who is the, the main, huh. I was going to bring this up. Uh, so Betty, who's like the main racist neighbor, right? She's kind of like the leader of them all. Who's very like, you know, they even have like a HOA meeting and her husband is supposed to kind of be there with her and he doesn't really care because you end up finding out that he's 
gay um, and doesn't even really look, care about her. So he's off sneaking around being doing that behind her back. But um, she's very like, you know, nobody's going to stand up to them and somebody's got to, you know, have the balls to do it. I'm going to do it. And, you know, this is back when women were still much more, you know, reserved. Um, mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, somebody's got to do it and I'm going to stand up and who's going to follow me because this black family can't be here and, you know, whatever. And her, her entire art, her entire thing was this fear and this this, you know, this black family, right? She was so afraid of them and so so just condemning of them. Of them. And she's it's also kind of insinuating that she's not having an affair with the milkman, but is interested, interested. in him. And he's interested in her. Um, and the near the end of this, the um, at one point in time, the milkman was like, "Oh, like I have this farm, like you basically should should come out sometime just to kind of get away from here." And she's like, "Oh, like I'm married and stuff." And he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm bring the husband or whatever, and you know, yada yada." Even though you know he doesn't mean it, and mm. so this at one point in time, lucky comes out and basically slaps her in the face and she's she goes off she she didn't know how to handle that um she went in that house house up um uh pretty sure a hard r was dropped at one point in time in there um got slapped yeah oh yeah it is (laughs) oh that was that was one of the things i want to talk about too i was like nowadays i was like that's her face like how you crack it up because i was like that's that's the funniest thing that always like when like white people be going off on black people and then they call them the hard R and then they get hit and then they look so shocked. Like they be <laughs> like they Yeah, it's like, it's like dog, it's not it's not nineteen not nineteen fifty three anymore. Yeah. So so she basically calls up the milkman and she's like, Hey, listen, I'll take up that offer of like getting, you know, getting away because I can't be here anymore. This black family gone, you know, they gotta go. So this was maybe one of the biggest twists of the show that I did not would not have seen coming. <laughs> and it's <was> so random. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, let's do it. Um so she's at this milkman's farm and you know they're you know he seems like a nice guy and he's like, Here, let me get you a drink and stuff. And she drinks it. My man drugs her, puts her in a bunker. And is holding her hostage, and he's like crazy. He's like basically like this insane like person who like, <laughs> just kidnapped this white lady, and is like, "You're mine now. You're living in my bunker as my imaginary wife." You know, you know what's crazy about this part is that something about it was like very satisfying, but it also wasn't because I kind of wanted like her to get her come up in a different way, but she got it that way, I guess. So she ends up yeah. like, yeah, she ends up trying to like stab him in the neck with a corks a wine opener and yeah. he's like oh i'm sorry you know like he says it like oh you can you can leave if you want but if you do it's going to be the hard like i love you and you know eventually he, he like leaves and leave, she's in down in like this bunker and she like comes up one day and realizes that he didn't lock it and she decides to go out and she starts running and she just gets shot in the back by him and like it was, it was a kind of funny. Like it was, it was like okay, she deserved this because she's the most annoying character in the show. But I was like, I don't know if that's how I wanted her to go out. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's 
Well, first thing, my man took taking a corkscrew to the neck like a champ. <laughs> he did. She she stabbed him in the neck with this corkscrew, and like, I'm like, why doesn't she keep like doing anything? Like, she's just like that's that was her one and done. And he's just chilling there, like, okay. And then he just takes it out, and he's like so calm, like he doesn't scream or nothing. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I really nah, thought she... it was going to work. And then like, she would have got it. I guess she would have got it right there. there. I was like, dang, he took it like like he ripped it out of his he like took it out of his neck all slow and was just like like he had no I was like, yo, people are just taking corkscrews to the neck like like that. Um yeah, I probably would have yeah, cried. She just gets, yeah, she just gets shot with a rifle and that's the end of Betty. Like that's um Yeah, like yeah. I was like, okay, well. I mean even even like there's a few characters who kind of got like weird Un, like resolved fates that I didn't really care for. Like even her husband, like, the one to like stand up to the community and be like, "Yo, you guys gotta chill. Like leave these black people alone." And he just, I mean, he stands up for himself at the end, which was nice. But then he just leaves. Yeah. Um, and then at first, I generally liked the cop because I was like, "Okay, he's giving them like he's giving them a fair shot. Like he's the only one who seemed like somewhat not racist." And then they were, he's just working some illegal scheme where they sell houses for cheap to colored people. And I was like, okay, never mind. I hate this guy. <laughs> yeah. And he, he ends up getting shot by when he has like a weird angry. Mm-hmm. Like him shooting the cop. I was like, if all the people like you think he would have shot his boss or. Oh, well, he wanted you know, to, but the boss wasn't home. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just thought he would have went back or something. I was like, why why shoot the cop? But I guess, you know, whatever. He was so angry that what oh the scene the scene guy in the back of the head. Oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he he comes out from breaking into his boss's house and like this black guy or this white guy's like, Hey, what are you doing here, boy? Like you don't belong here. This isn't your neighborhood. Same typical stuff. Sure. And he's like, Oh he's like, Okay, I'll I'll leave. And he goes to leave, and the camera just pans up to the white guy turning around, like, "Yeah, I told him." And he runs up behind him and just slacks him, socks him in the back of the head, and he slumped him <laughs> on the street. I think the best thing is that the, the very next episode starts with that scene over again. Yeah, <laughs> just the you know, getting slumped. <laughs> I, I think I think with this show, one thing they didn't do too that was kind of, if they had had more scenes like that, kind of like people getting their comeuppance for being, you know, racist, and there wasn't enough of that. Like yeah. if there was more, if there was more of that, like yo, we getting these people back because they were super racist. But it just felt like there was a lot more racism and like horrible acts than there were like comeuppance. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple. Like, I think there was like a solid episode where like everyone was kind of getting theirs. Like when Lucky slapped Betty for calling her the N word, and then like um, Henry punching that dude. Like it was like it was kind of like back to back. Like everyone was kind of getting theirs yeah. for a quick second. Um. I also didn't know this. I mean, you you probably know it because you've I feel like you've read more kind of like um, I think like books and stuff of that time period. I didn't know mm-hmm. that like an O'Fay was like a derogatory term for white people that black people used. Yeah, I I actually didn't know that until this year because there's a book that I uh, I have it, but I haven't. Run an Ofei, and it's kind of like a mystery book. And I was like, "What?" So I found that out. 
Um, so if I hadn't known that before the show, I would have been looking it up the same way because I was like, what the hell is that? Because mm-hmm. the, the, the only time you hear it is from the uh, blackface demon dude. Mm-hmm. And he, he, was, he had his points where he was entertaining and I got kind of mad that he was entertaining me because I was like, I really should hate this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it's in very, particular, uh, it's very like flamboyant and very like just. I yeah, mean, I you know like what the it was. Who played him did a really good job. Yeah, I was gonna say like that makeup. Not only the makeup, but uh, you know, he had he had like large black eyes, and I don't know if this was the dude's real mouth or not, but he had like big teeth, mm-hmm. and just like, and I couldn't tell if they just exaggerated that or if that's what he looked like, but it was just like hard to take your eyes off him. And I, I found that he was probably besides Ruby's thing, he was pro- probably the best kind of like demonic representation. Like I liked him more than the man in black. Like I, um, there's a scene at the end where like uh, uh, Henry breaks out of being held captive and he's like beating the guy who took him captive and his pregnant wife comes out and he's like, Oh, you know, she's like, I'm gonna go call the cops. And he's like, you do that. And I'm gonna put a bullet in your man's head. And she, she says, you dirty effing N-word. And he looks at her. And the black face guy comes over behind her and goes, oh. <laughs> Do you remember that part? Yeah. He's, uh, and he was like, oh, I thought he was going to shoot her when he did that. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, so he was, I think he was the best in terms of like, because Henry had a very interesting story too, because he, he had a lot, more, he turned out to be a lot more layered than I thought he was. Cause I yeah. thought he was just like that, that, uh, typical, you know, black dad who's like, yeah, we made it out the hood. Like we're, we're living in the white neighborhood. Everything's good. But he turned out, you know, the PTSD, the, the stress from knowing that he failed his during the rape and killing of his child. Uh, you know, the fact that he has to go to work every day and he has a decent job, but they still treat him differently because he's black. Like there was a lot going on for his stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. He was having a, definitely having, you know, a rough time. Um, so the ending, what did you, what did you think about how it kind of ended? Um, now everybody, you know, with the ending kind of happening, everyone kind of, you see everyone kind of defeat, I guess you could say they're demons kind of like, you know, you see, um, uh, what was the little girl's name? Gracie, Gracie Jean, uh, Gracie Jean, her and, you know, um, kind of get rid of Ms. Vera with, you know, the help of her mom. You see Lucky kind of get through everything. You see um, Henry shoots the tap dance man and kind of wipes his face off. And you, it like basically shows that he blackface. Um, and um, Ruby ends up, you know, kind of, you know, basically seeing that not only is her biggest thing was she was, I guess, turning into her mother um, mm-hmm. or like kind of becoming crazy like her mom. Uh, so after they all kind of, you know, defeat their demons, everyone's like outside of their house. Like their house basically was like, surrounded by fire and the entire, you know, community's kind of outside their house and with some police officers basically holding, you know, with guns drawn at their door. And they just kind of like walk outside, like as a family, and are like kind of in this confrontational, like they're on one side of, you know, they're, you know, outside the house and the, and the rest of the community is in the, in the street staring at them. And then it just ends. Yeah. I, 
I think the ending is is good, but very abrupt. And one of the things that I really liked about it is it kind of uh, the main thing with the ending. Other demons was the main key was uh, was lucky, the mom. And she kind of had to overcome her own stuff. And then she because, you know, I, I feel like in black families, like the mother, black mother, black grandmother, they're like the, the maternal side of black families is always like really strong. And I feel like they tried to show that in this scene where like she was going through each person and saving them. Like she saved her daughters, then she saved Henry. Um, so I thought that was really cool, but it ended really abrupt. And I mean, like, obviously there's no, there's no happy ending out of this. Like I, somebody, there's a white guy dead in their basement. Uh, <laughs> he was seen on the street beating another white man with a gun, Henry. So the cops are pretty much like, I feel like if they don't shoot or something like that, like they're probably going to arrest them all. And like, I feel like, I don't know. It, it was an artsy ending for sure, but definitely oh. like heavily implied that it wasn't going to end well for them. Like they fought their demons, but now they got to fight the real world demons. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm like, they, they got to be going to like, Jail. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but at this point, um, Lucky was put into a mental hospital, broke out of the mental hospital. It's insinuates that she basically killed the one, like, doctor or whatever. <laughs> she, like, yeah. Um, Henry killed the cop. Uh, Ruby, there was, they were, some of the white neighbors at this point had Lucky, base, I mean, not Lucky, had Henry in, their, in the basement and were trying to hang him. And um, Ruby hit one of them, like, chopped one of them with, like, an axe. So, like, she might have mm-hmm. killed that guy. Like, they pretty much, other than Gracie Jean, killed somebody. <laughs> yeah, so that it's, he doesn't say it's not going to be happy at all. They're done. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that kind of sucks because it's like you, you want to root for them because, I mean, they're, in most circumstances, it was some kind of, like, well, I guess in, like, Ruby's circumstance, it was self-defense, but... um yeah, I mean, it insinuates that, like, either it's not going to be a happy ending for them. So, I was, I was, I was kind of disappointed. I hate when, when things kind of just end like that. Like, you like, it just ends on a cliffhanger. Like, you're like, oh, we'll never know kind of what happens to them. So, I guess it just kind of leaves it up to, you know, the imagination. Yeah. But... Yeah. It but, makes uh... you think of, like, I was, I was hoping they would do something like get out and kind of subvert your expectations. Like, when you thought that at the end of that movie, get killed by the cop and it turned out to be his friend and he saves him. Like, I thought they were going to do something like that and kind of do something, mm. but I guess not. Yeah, so, what are your, uh, so what are your overall thoughts of the show, of the first season? Um, I like it. I, I did like it. I do hope that the second one is a little bit better and I hope that if they choose to stick with, I feel like they're going to, obviously they're going to do horror elements, but I can't tell if they're going to do like more racial themes or anything like that. I hope they, I just hope they put more more thought into it and kind of like I don't know a little little bit more effort because I feel like uh, this kind of formula could get stale quick because I mean there's already American Horror Story which is like I guess if you want to call that the white version now um, there's that there's like Get Out like I, I think they have to do something new and make it interesting and you know kind of kind of rework it a little bit like I think it'd be interesting to see an Asian family or like maybe other like if they kind of went with the segue of like horror mixed with uh, minorities and marginalized people, like if they did, you know, an Asian family 
maybe like a gay family, you know, I don't know. Things like that with different themes. Mm. Yeah, I I, I agree hundred percent. Um, yeah, same. I, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I'm excited to kind of see where they go. Um, but you know, I'm 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 right there with you with the whole like. Hopefully, it doesn't get stale, and hopefully, they don't just kind of, you know, stick with the, the whole, racial thing because that's going to get old really quick. Hopefully, they find, um, really unique and interesting ways to kind of have the them kind of premise um, yeah. in, in, again, unique ways in the circumstance it was them, you know, they were the black family. Um, so, so yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a good show. Probably one of the better shows that I've seen in, in, in a little while. I haven't really watched but, uh Yeah, same here. I definitely, uh, I definitely really thought it was, it was both better and a little bit worse than I thought. But I, I overall, I really liked it. I think it's worth a watch if you guys want to check it out. Uh, you've, we've already kind of spoiled the hell out of it to you, but for you, but uh, <laughs> it's only ten, it's only ten episodes long. You know, it's the first season on Amazon Prime. Uh, them, it is really interesting. All right, guys, uh, I think that's going to be the episode there. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. I feel like it was. A pretty decent conversation. Uh, you know, don't forget to do what you normally do if you do it. Share, give us a like, give us five stars, you know, tell your friends about us, you know, show them on any. That's right. We're going to treat you like those white people tr- treated the black people in the neighborhood. Sit outside your house. Sit outside your house, blast the music. Hell yeah. You, you better treat us right. Or we might say some stuff we might regret. <laughs> you, but you already know.